You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. All right, huddle up, huddle up. We're going to crank these engines up on one, on one. All right. What did he? What is it? Drivers, start your engines. This is the finish line. I approached a great offensive lineman in the past. Larry Little, Dwight Stevenson, Jim Langer, all Hall of Famers, and Richmond Webb belongs to that same group. Here are your hosts, legendary Miami Dolphins left tackle Richmond Webb, Reason, and Mr. Ballgame. What's going on, Dolphin Talk Nation? We welcome you back in to the finish line after a little bit of a brief week hiatus. And we know in that time the schedule has come out, but we'll make sure to talk about that tonight. I'm your co-host, Reason. As always, I'm joined by the legendary Richmond Webb and the Triple OG, Mr. Ballgame. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm good. Um, you know, it's been a couple of weeks, you know, since we talked, but uh, uh, my daughter graduated last week. Uh, Congratulations for her! Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you. So that that was good. We got to attend the, the uh, ceremony and and all that. So we we're definitely proud of her. And um, you know, miss you guys last week. So I was definitely looking forward to getting back at it this week. So I'm good. How you doing, Mister Balkan? Yeah, you? man. Uh, yeah, I um, I'm almost like most of you guys, man. I'm just been sitting around. You know, congratulations on your daughter graduating. You know, thank, that's thank always you, a sir. huge milestone, man. Yeah. And, uh, yes, sir. you know, it's always a pleasure, to, you know, to get with you guys and discuss this team, man. So um, I don't really have much to report. My queen is with me right now and we want to go try to get some crabs in, in a, in a bit. So um, let's get to it. <laughs> Pause on that one, eh? <laughs> the, queen, the, queen, the queen is in the house. The queen is in the house. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> let's get right into it. So a couple of days ago, Perform, who Tua Tagovailoa has been working with all, all off season, they released another video of him doing a footwork drill, a drill that, you know, it, it's three goals of that drill where to get the quarterback fatigued make the fatigued quarterback escape the pocket and test the fatigued quarterback's mental capacity by yelling out a digit associated with the wide receiver they need to hit on the move. Um, they actually did that drill about 12 times, six from each side, and the reports from uh, his trainer was the kid was dealing, talking about Tua Tungvaloa. When you guys look at how Tua has really – you know, buffed out his body this year in terms of his lower half and his upper half. He looks like he's getting in that football shape. A lot of people are excited. A lot of the expectations are rising. Um, you know, even Flores talked about it when he was on the Joe Rose show about how he's doing all the right things. And then you go back to the Peter King article last week. Um, and Brian Flores basically said, you know, I've seen the kid working. And my motto is when you put in the work, the results will come. So um, let's start with you, Richmond. When you see this kid working out there, when you see him busting his ass, like I can't remember a, a Miami Dolphin quarterback in recent memory that's been working as hard as this kid's been working. Also, that must be the power of social media these days. But 
what are your thoughts and what are your hopes and expectations? I mean, should Dolphin fans be as excited as they seem to be by seeing this kid get stronger and stronger by the day? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not surprised at all. Um, you know, we talked about this last season. Um, we talked about the injury. Uh, we talked about this is truly his first off season. So, you know, I'm not surprised at all. I think this kid has had this work at the base coming up from a young kid growing up, just based on the way his father, you know, worked to him from a young age. So he's he's definitely not scared of competition and work ethic. And for him to be a right handed guy. And his dad taught him to throw the football left-handed because he's left-handed. And for him to pick that up and excel, um, this this is not really news to me. This is what I expected. Um, and then, you know, to go through the high school ranks and then go to a school like Alabama and have success there. And you're, you're, you're competing against the cream of the crop. Um, when you go to a school like that, Division One. They got talent at every position and, you know, to see him excel there. So, you know, we talked about it, but to me, this is, this is what I always expected, you know, and I, I think he used a lot of the negative comments and what people were saying about him uh, as motivation. We talked about that. So um, I'm looking forward to the season and I'm looking forward to him. You know, with a lot of people having egg on their face and, and saying it's the same people that were saying that, just like you know, you and Ball Game said, the bandwagon people they they they, they land in, in in on the sideline, but as soon as this kid you know comes up and shows what he truly can do, everybody's gonna jump on the bandwagon. So I'm I'm riding with him from day one. I liked him in college, and I think we we got the right quarterback out the draft. Ball Ball Game, what are your thoughts on? You know this kid, the workout, the, the, the workouts he's been doing, the effort and time he's been putting in to get his body right. Should Dolphin fans be excited about what this kid could be doing in 2021? Well, I think first things first, man. Um, in regards to Tua Tagovailoa, um, everyone is going to actually get a full fledged opportunity now to see why they made this investment in him. I think everything that's happening in the social media realm around us and that's been said about him. He's silently storing all of that and using that as added motivation because I don't think he necessarily needed much because, like Richmond said, I think this work ethic that we're seeing now with him has always been there. I think the biggest thing that comes to mind for me is the fact that um, it's every time anybody ever talked about him, he's always been stated as being a leader. So in order to galvanize a group of guys that, you know, saying that to – get going in the, the, the direction that's going to be best for this team, they have to see him doing the same things and seeing the level of commitment that he has that's going to rival theirs and push them to want to be do and work harder. And I think that's what we're seeing from Tua right now at this point. And, you know, as a natural leader, leaders lead from the front and everybody else that's willing to go down with the process is going to, you know, it ain't going to be hard to get them to follow you as long as you showing people that you're willing to do what's necessary to be the best you can be. And I think that's what we got. And that's what we're seeing now. Um, they should be extremely, uh, Dolphins fans should be extremely excited about the possibilities because this will be the first time we actually get to see him with a newly, re, you know, with a renewed spirit and a new body altogether, an NFL body, not, not that college body and not the broken, version of himself from last year trying to rehab through his injury, but a full-fledged NFL body, and I think we're all going to be extremely excited 
and extremely pleased with the outcome. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, his uh, his trainer, Nick Hicks, basically came out last week, a couple weeks ago, sorry, on the Miami on the Rocks podcast and basically indicated that they've, they've heard the noise and that's why they're not letting people know exactly what his full regimen is because they want to shock people. But he had a really interesting quote. He said, it's all about getting Tua confident. He said, a confident Tua is a Super Bowl contender. There it is. And, and that's what that's what he said. So, I mean, yeah, like people are really, really hyped up right now. But continuing on here because Rich Eisen and Mike Garofalo, um, sorry, not Mike Garofalo, uh, Mike Florio, sorry, from Pro Football Talk, they've been continuing the Watson chatter to Miami on uh, on the on the – precipice of it potentially being settled um, between the women and Watson. Um, we'll start with you, ball game. Omar Kelly had an interesting tweet um, just, yesterday, just yesterday. Someone asked him. He was taking questions. He said, I got a half hour. I'll take questions. Someone asked him, Omar Kelly, do you think the Dolphins are still interested in Deshaun Watson? His response, Dolphins are moving forward with Tua. They'll likely reassess the QB position next offseason if his you-know-what don't drop in 2021. So, um, you know, Rich Eisen, got to give him credit. He was the one going around saying Chris Greer in 2018 at the draft was telling everyone who would listen, I'm drafting to a tongue of Aloha, so Eisen's plugged in. Um, Florio and Sims, I mean, they're just up and down. I don't know. I think they're kind of two haters. But (laughs) Omar Omar Kelly, you know, whether people like him or not, he's locked in, right? He's friends with players. He gets along with players' wives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, when you when he says something like that, that they're moving forward with two and they won't reassess the position until next offseason, does that tell you right there? Because Omar Kelly was one that was writing about us potentially making a move for Watson. Does that right there tell you that Omar Kelly is probably being told privately that their deadline, their self-imposed deadline of we got to get this guy by this time has passed and now it's okay. We've done the draft. Let's just go forward with with the plan and the blueprint we put in place. I think it's exactly what you just said. I think that um, the Dolphins, um, as much as as much as I love Tua, and as much as a lot of the fan base loves Tua, I think the Dolphins had to keep the had to kick the tires on that vehicle to see if it was actually viable of a, a process or even a chance to get Watson in the building. But with all of this stuff and the draft having happened now at this point, I think the best thing for all parties involved is to shift all attention towards the kid, you know, and give him every opportunity to prove exactly that he is the guy that we all envision him to be. And I think that's the stance that they're taking. And I think it's the best one too, because with such a young team that we like, you know, with such a young team, like the one that we have, it's kind of hard really to essentially um, want to bring in that type of negative, you know what I'm saying? Media, Stuff that's going to come with bringing a Deshaun Watson in at this point. That's the, the, uh, like the like the song from uh, Juvenile and the um and the boys was the, the block is hot. You know what I mean? And the hot boys, well, hot boys, yeah. The block <laughs> is hot, and the only the only heat we want to have generated in Miami is the heat that we generate for ourselves. Not you know what I'm saying not this artificial outside stuff that Deshaun Watson brings to the table. As great of a talent as he is, man, I can still I still have faith in them saying through what Omar said that they believe that Tua's ball is going to drop this year and he's going to be everything that um, he's been built up to be, you know, and I'm okay with it. 
because I think we all can agree that the nine-game sample that he gave us last year was enough for me to say that he's going to be okay. And he, 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 he can grow and he can build off of that and be just fine. So. So a couple things off of what you said, Ballgame, before I get to you, Richmond. One, you talk about heat. I brought up a point that I've heard no one brought up on Finside the NFL. Think of the heat that will come down on this coaching staff because think about it for a sec. And Chris Greer, if they make a move for Deshaun Watson, and let's say three firsts, that means in two years you've invested four first-round draft picks in one singular position. If you don't yeah. deliver a championship right away, People oh, yeah. are gonna are, are gonna be calling for heads because that's a that's not maximizing your resources, right? And then exactly, you know, like you brought up a point there at the end about Tua and his and last year. Think about this for a sec. We haven't even seen this kid's floor because that was an anomaly year. He didn't have OTAs. He didn't have training camp. He didn't have rookie mini camp. He wasn't in shape. His first start was 351 days removed from an accident where most people wouldn't be able to run by that time. So that was, I look at it as an anomaly year, not even a year where you saw what his floor could be. And if that was what an anomaly was, that must tell you his floor is going to be higher. And if his floor is higher, who knows what his ceiling could be. But, Richmond, um, what are your thoughts on what Omar Kelly said about, you know, them moving forward and giving him this season? Because I'm in the camp that you've come this far, and I don't know about you boys, I want to see what he's got in training camp. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, we've seen the workouts. We've seen everything. It's time to see what this guy's got in training camp. What are your thoughts on what Omar Kelly said, Richmond? Yeah, you know, I, I look at it, I see what Omar said, and to me it makes perfect sense. Like you say, he didn't go through a training camp. We knew it was COVID last year. you got to really give this kid a chance to evaluate to see what you have. Um, and I, I do believe when he said it'll be, you know, after the season 2022, because even if they weren't happy with Tua uh, and they didn't get Deshaun Washington we all know because of all the allegations or whatever came up and that's still going on. And they're saying it's going to settle. It's going to quiet down a little bit here, uh, down here in Texas, but it, he still could face, you know, disciplinary actions from the commissioners. It's that, you know, minimum, I could think possibly four games or long. It just depends on what comes up. So that's still up in the air and it's still undecided. But, um, if they wasn't sold on two of we just had what four or five quarterbacks go in the first round. So if they were going to address it, they would have addressed it. This draft that we just had a month ago or whatever. So Justin Fields uh, was right in the lap at six. It was, right? it was, it was, it was exactly. right there. So it, it makes sense what Omar is saying. And it makes perfect sense. And I just, like you said, the kid was still rehabbing it. And most people that, that's criticizing what have never had to come back from a major injury. And if they did, it was to just probably return back to work or whatever. This is, this is an athletic sport, basketball, no matter. And a lot of times, even after you do come back from it, it takes a minute for your body to respond and react to like its old self again. And that takes time and that comes through playing. A lot of people don't understand that. So that's why I say, People gonna say whatever they want to say, but but that made perfect sense what uh, Omar Kelly said, and um, I think you you got to give him a chance. Uh, and Listen, like I said, go ahead. I think he's gonna be. I think I think the best thing that's gonna transpire this offseason for Tua is that 
he's going to be challenged. Now, I, you know, maybe maybe Jacoby Brissett is not the, the, the best thoroughbred to throw at him, but it's going to be enough that, you know, saying Tua's not going to, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, Tua obviously in his mind is probably thinking to himself, I'm better than this guy. But he's got to stay with that mindset, and I believe that this kid will. You know what I mean? And he's got a guy behind him that wants to play, but probably will never get to outplay him, which is fine. But that's just enough motivation for him to go out and continue pushing himself to the next level. And, you know what I mean? Sometimes that's all you really need because now my body's good, my mind is good, now I just got to put it all on the field and shut all these fools up out here that talking crazy about me, you know? And he might not ever voice that, but he walks in such a way that he won't ever have to because he's going to leave it all on the field, and that's what was going to be the best thing for us, you know? And, and I agree with you. I, I think anytime you play a sport competitive, even if you're in your office or whatever, but if, if you're playing competitive sports at this level, you got to come to work expecting and saying, I'm the best guy. And once you win a starting job, you can't you can't just sit back and rest and say, yeah. okay, I'm going to play here for five or six years. It doesn't work that way. Every year guys right. are coming in. Somebody's trying to knock you off the block. And like you said, I think Brissett is he, – he's, I don't think he has the same skill set, but he has enough to where he said, okay, this guy can throw the ball a little bit. I'm going to have to really step my game up and, and show him what, what I can do. So right. uh, not only that, but competing against other quarterbacks in, in the in the AFC or the AFC East, or whatever, mm-hmm. you you want to you want to compete against the best, and you want to go out and say, okay, if this guy's doing this, let me show them what they can do because they they really hadn't really seen what I could do, what I can do. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I think he's a competitor. He had to be to go to a school like Alabama and compete. And, and, and actually start this net because a lot of guys end up transferring because they can't handle the pressure because they got five of you there. You go there, you're not the only kid that, you know, it's good during the recruiting, the recruiting, why they're recruiting you, but by the time you get there, you say, oh, man, they got five or six guys just as good as I am. So either you're going to step up or you're going to, like or you say, push out the way. if they ain't going to drop, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna get on up out of there. And that's just the way yeah. it happens yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, the guy, the kid sent Jalen Hurts packing and kept Mac Jones at bay the whole time he was there. You yeah. go back to what Terrell Owens talked about when he went down there with his nephews and he was running routes, right? If you listen to the story he talks about, he talks about the players saying, you know, Jalen Hurts isn't here, but yo, you got to check this Tua kid out. This kid's special. This was in his freshman year and he was running routes with Tua. And he said, I haven't seen someone be able to throw a football like that with the placement anticipation since Steve Young. Steve Young. And, and he said, as a freshman, Tua looked like he was ready to play in the NFL. It's just, we got the injured version, right? That's all we did. Right. right? But right. now we're getting back to, now we're getting to determine Tua. So, I mean, the sky's the limit, man. I, I, I truly think, you know, it, personally, I think Deshaun Watson's probably going to be a Philadelphia Eagle. When this is all said and done, I think Jalen Hurts is going to bust out. I think Deshaun Watson, you know, once Carson Wentz plays a certain amount of snaps and that conditional second turns into a first, they're going to have three first-round draft picks next year alone in one draft to offer up for Deshaun Watson. And I think that's going to be too much for anyone to pass up. You know what I mean? So getting into the schedule here, um, a couple of things I want to talk about the schedule. The first six weeks, you know, uh, I said it, it looks like 
whoever was in the NFL, they're pretty much lazy, and it seems like deja vu because we had the first two games the same way we had them last year, start off in New England, then we come home and we face the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. And then we got the Raiders, then we got the Colts, then we got uh, the Bucks, and then we got Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars for the Clemson-Alabama rematch in London um, Mm -hmm. between two and Trevor. So a couple things to cover here first. Looking at the first six weeks, I got a couple things I want to ask you guys. First thing I'm going to ask you guys, did you hear Colin Coward's rant on Tua Tungvaloa in the first six weeks talking about how Flores and the staff aren't going to be able to convince the players in the Miami Dolphins that this is the guy, how he's going to be the second best quarterback on the field to all these guys that we play, how basically he's going to look small and unathletic compared. I don't know what he must have missed the Arizona game where Tua left Buda Baker's ankles on the field, but um. First, did you guys hear what Colin Coward had to yeah. say? Yeah, yeah, I heard, 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 heard it. Give me your thoughts. Well, see, I, for, for me, I think it's one of those things where um, he really just reaching, to be, to be truthful with you. I think with all of the negative stuff that's out there and all of the questions that people have about Tua, it's just another one of these things where he's just taking an opportunity to just lay on another lay, lay on another layer of foolishness without there actually being anything to substantiate it because we don't know, right? It's all, everything's speculation, but the history of this kid has proven that he's a winner. And you don't, just because he had the injury doesn't mean that who he is as a person and how competitive he is, is just going to go away. You know, and everything that he's doing now, if you really look at it from an inside outside perspective, <coughs> it tells you that he's going to be back with a vengeance. There's no way for him to not be, but, they're they're playing and hedging the bets against that so that in the event that things don't go prototypically for him, that they can say, oh, I see, I told you I was right, as opposed to just, you know, letting things matriculate naturally and, and be the way they, you know, organically unfold in front of us. I think it's just clickbait for me, man. And he got, you know, he's a big loud, loud mouth cat with a, um, with a whole bunch of um, steak now at this point because – his daughter's his daughter's boyfriend is playing for the 49ers. You feel me? So I don't buy into it. I don't even care what he says anyway. I'm just waiting for him to have to eat crow, truthfully. What are your thoughts on it, Richmond? Yeah, I don't know if Tua turned him down for not coming on his show or what. It's, yeah, because he was the biggest Tua fan last year, remember, going that into the draft? Yep. It doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. If you're going to beat the kid up like he's beating him up, I could. he didn't even criticize him like that at Alabama. If if you trash, it don't matter where you at, you're going to be trash. I mean, trash. I mean, they, they, they can kind of surround you or whatever, but you're not going to show no flashes or this and that, and it's just right. like – I hadn't even heard him talk about the Dolphins as much, but this guy is just – he just won't leave it alone. And I'm just like, what did <laughs> – did he ask him to come on the show? I, I I don't know what it is, but he's got a hard on for him. I'm like, bruh. Maybe Tua turned okay. his daughter down. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Chat on like, right there. <laughs> I'm sitting up here like, man, okay. Jeez. Just you know, you don't like it cool, this and that, but you know, it's time to it's almost it's like new Baker Mayfield, right? Like, <clears throat> yeah, this man. Is exactly what he did to Baker Mayfield. Yep. And and and, and it just it just doesn't make sense. But 
I, I listened to it. I, I just shake my head and, and I just found him over there with the category that he gonna he gonna have to eat some crow. But to say he's worse than all the other quarterbacks in the division, all that I said, man, come on, bro, really? Come on, man. So certified hater, bro. It's it's in one area, not the other one for me. I, he's I got I his PhD, me, his player hating degree, bro. Player hating degree. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so let me ask you guys this. Two more things about the schedule. Okay. Keeping on Tua, and then I'm going to ask you guys a positive question after. <clears throat> Keeping on Tua. Tua had the number one selling jersey in the NFL last year, okay? We only got two primetime games this year. Week 10, Thursday Night Football against the Baltimore Ravens. And Week 16, Monday Night Football right after Christmas against the Saints. Should we feel disrespected? Yeah, I uh, I would I would I would say yes, but then I also know how I, I also know how this game works, right? To be the man, you got to beat the man. And what the Dolphins have done for a long time is when we had teams that we thought were good enough to get to the next level and get into the playoffs and make a run, we got right to the door and couldn't kick the door in. So people. Was like, oh, here we go, here we go. Oh, here we go. So, you you don't garner respect like that. So, it really, truthfully, what we have to do this year with this fifth easiest schedule is go out here and just bludgeon the hell out of everybody that we play and leave no doubt. And that changes the entire perspective of how they see us. Because otherwise, it's gonna always be this until we prove to them that we belong as you know, what I'm saying one of these teams that they consistently feature on these primetime games. That's really what it comes down to. For me, anyway, I could be wrong, but you know, I think they still running with the old mantra of you know saying to beat the man, you got to beat the man. So, yeah, I, I think it'll be good, uh, especially. You know, I was looking at the first six games, um, and you know, Bucks got a good defense, we got a good defense, and it'll be mm-hmm. a Brady Tua um, matchup. I, I thought that would be a, a good primetime game, and if we go. And show up against the Bucks and 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 play like I know we're capable of with them winning the Super Bowl. Um, next next year we're probably you know we play the way we posted this season. We'll have at least three primetime games. But it's just you like, know what my problem is Richmond. What's that? What's that? The Giants have more primetime games. The Chargers have more primetime games. The Washington Football Team has more primetime games. Las Vegas, Chicago. Noda have more primetime games. All teams we were better than last year and had better records than. Like we were one game. Of, not only did we have the the quarterback with the highest selling jersey in the NFL, we had better records and were one game away from the playoff as well. And like the LA Rams have five playoff, uh, five primetime games, and we all know what the Rams were last year. We beat them. You know what I mean? Like, this is where yep. New Orleans, with without Drew Brees, with James Winston and Taysom Hill, have more prime – they have five primetime games compared to our two. I just don't get it, man. It's, I, yeah, it's, I, complete, it's, complete, it's complete smack in the face. To, yeah, it's a slap yep. in the, that's why I say, like, like, like ball games say, use it as motivation. Go out there and beat the hell out of some people. And then, you know, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's going to give them something to talk about. On Sunday night, instead of talking about the primetime game Sunday night, Monday night, they're going to be talking about, did you watch this Dolphins game and how they, 
handle this team here, this and that, and a lot of people underestimate. I think a lot of the analysts know that we're right at that tipping point with the way, you know, Flores and stuff, they built the defense and stuff like that, and the the weapons we added on offense, and and if it, everything comes together and click really quick, we're going to be a force to record with. And I think a lot of teams, I think a lot of people are really paying attention because last year this time we was the uh, – 31st and 32nd best team in the NFL before the season started. So, yeah. And see, the thing is that our 10 and 6, man, our 10 and 6 is a great accomplishment for this group in year two of this rebuild. But unfortunately, to the masses around looking at it and the people that think they know more about the value of what we're actually doing and how we're actually matriculating a lot faster as a group together and the team, you know, to be what I think going to be a formidable force for a lot of seasons to come, they don't respect it because they'll look at the schedule and say, "Oh, well, you still didn't, you still didn't beat the, you still didn't beat the Bills when you had to, you know." And people always lay all everything on our last on our season last year, right at that Bills game, right? But ten and six is still to me a respectable, you know, what I mean, it's a respectable mark that you made to let people know, hey, we're here now after a year, oh, the first year of a rebuild when you went five and eleven. Like yeah. that turn that turnaround in itself lets you know that there's ain't no fluke in that. That's hard work and dedication to the cause, <laughs> but none, none of that at the end of the day don't really matter. Like I said, don't matter to people until you actually. I mean, we gonna have to beat the hell out of Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? We gonna have to take the division and we gonna have to make some noise in the playoffs for people to actually be like, okay, I was wrong. These Dolphins are really real. You know what I mean? And that's unfortunate. That's what we got to do. But I think that's what I think that's the mentality that Flores is going with. To get these guys ready too. When you think about, it, think about it. Yes, yeah, seventy people show up for this for the offseason program that he was running. Seventy, right? And all I had to do was negotiate a little bit in terms of their intensity levels so that they wouldn't get burnt out. But seventy guys showed up. That's a lot of guys. It lets you know that the, that the team believes there's something special in the air. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and and, and the best part about it, bro. No one else really has to believe it as long as they believe it, because yeah, it's exactly. their job to really go out and show everybody anyway. So, as long as they, as long as they do that, which I believe they will, I know you guys do as well. The sky's the limit for this group, man. We're gonna get to show up a lot of people, and I'm just, like I said, I, I keep tabs. Who's saying what? Because you know, there's gonna be a whole lot of people <laughs> calling. Come on up here, come on, come on up here, eat this crow. <laughs> you know, um. Man. My last question regarding the schedule is this. If we come out of Foxborough with a win and then come to home to Miami and get that Josh Allen monkey off our back because we haven't beat him since his first start against us as a rookie. If we come out of these first two weeks 2-0, and are we one – are we – a seriously dangerous team coming out of those first two weeks. Indeed. Those those two games in itself, division games are motivation. Those, those are motivation builders and those confidence builders. Go in, punch Bill in the mouth, smack Josh. I mean, smack Josh around all over the field, and then you take care of business, and then possibly go to Tampa Bay and show up, Brady. Ain't nobody gonna be able to tell you nothing, bro. And nobody and everybody gonna legitimately have to sit down and reassess where they see this team and really and truthfully give you your flowers. You know what I'm saying? They have to give this team their flowers early, bro, because 
that those six those first six games aren't an easy. That's not that's 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 it. We don't come out of that four and two, five and one. It could be it could be rough sliding. It could be rough sliding the rest of the way because you can lose confidence in a lot of those games too because those are games that are going to be highly competitive for us. So it's going to really test the merit of this group early and often. My only concern is that the offense is going to have, the offense is going to have to find their identity soon, as soon as they can, bro. But otherwise, going back and forth and trying to figure that out, that's going to be the one catalyst that we don't have the we really don't have the luxury of not figuring out early and as soon as possible. The defense, we know what they're going to do. We know what they're going to give us. But we got to find an identity on offense. And the sooner they can do that, the better off we're going to be as a group, man, because then they can have the balance they need, the backs to go out there and just play free, play, you know what I'm saying, play play free and play for each other. And that's what it's going to come down to. They got to go out and play for each other. <clears throat> yeah, when you look, yeah, when you look at those first six games, like you said, the first two are – divisional games and you know that was one of the things we said was win the division so uh those first two are definitely important but five out of the first six against afc opponents so not only winning the division but you want to set yourself to win as the season progresses and gets later down the road that you want to be in a position to where you want to be in one of those top slots for a, a playoff um a playoff position so um like you said when you do it early, it sets the tone. Say, man, they 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 better than what we thought they were. So, but you got to maintain that not only early but throughout the season because once people figure out that you're really good, they're gonna they're gonna really try to raise their level of play. But like uh, um, Ball Game said, if the if the offense figures out who they are, this and that, I think the defense knows who we are. You know, and a guy like Phillips and stuff like that to. Uh, and pressure and stuff like that. I, I'm 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 really excited, and I'm excited with you know like adding Waddle, Fuller, uh, some of the weapons we got on offense. Uh, man, we add that and get rolling, man. It, it's it's gonna it's gonna cause some sleepless nights for some defense coordinators. I'm 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 looking forward to it. I I think we're in a good good position. Like I say, we just got to keep the mindset to go out here and don't take anything for granted and, and, and go out there and, and work like they're doing now to have 70 people already participating in the offseason workout program. That's, that's really good. All right. So our last uh, topic or subject of today, Miles Gaskin had an inter- interesting Zoom session uh, this week. He basically confirmed something that I've been trying to hint Dolphin fans towards to for quite some time ever since Najee Harris was on Pat McAfee and Najee Harris said that he got a hold of our Dolphins playbook. He looked at it and it was kind of similar to what they ran at Alabama, just with obviously different terminology. Miles Gaskin said something very interesting in the Zoom session. He said, it's definitely different. A whole new playbook. It's not the same as last year. Now, Abado Salguero went out there today and tried to spin that into, oh, they talked about continuity with with um, Tua. This isn't continuity, but it really is, especially if they're going to be doing a playbook similar to Alabama because that's catering to your quarterback strengths, right? That's scheming around the offense around your quarterback. Richmond, let's start with you. What are your thoughts of Godsey and Studesville bringing in a, a new playbook and from what we've gathered, when you go back to what Najee Harris said, something that 
to was far more similar, sorry, far more familiar with and similar to what he ran at Alabama. I, I love it. I mean, I, I think one of the things, and we talked about it, uh, and I know last year you were frustrated, and um, the play column was sometimes too conservative. So it sounds like they got a new whole offensive, you know, whether the terminology plays or whatever, look like they're going to open this thing up. We got a healthy quarterback. He's fully rehabbed this net, and it's going to complement what he does. So I think it's the best thing, you know, and – I don't pay attention to that because I look at it like this. It's X's and O's. The terminology may change, but it's so many routes. The route tree is what, one through nine or whatever. So it's only so many. You just got to know what you got to do against whether it's cover one, cover two, same way with blocking schemes. It was called this last year, but it's the same blocking. It, it's nothing as a, you're a professional now. So just cause it's new terminology. We're early in the off season, learn the playbook and let's, let's go to work. But if it's going to be best for the team, I love it. I think that's what we needed to do. And with the weapons we have, we need to open it up and not be so conservative. And I think, I think this, that that's, that's music to my ears. That's what I'm looking for. Um, with the talent we have, it's no question. We should be able to, you know, throw the ball, stretch the field deep, you know, open up those those running lanes, this and that. I think it should give, um, like I said, it should be some sleepless nights for some defensive coordinators. So I'm looking forward to it. I like it. And if it's similar to Alabama with what Sarkeesian was doing, uh, we've seen the success he's had, you know, with, with really opening up the playbook. And when you got playmakers – like Alabama, and we got playmakers now. So just get the ball in their hands and let them go to work. Uh, ball game. What are what are your thoughts on the um, playbook being different according to Miles Gaskin? And when you go back to what Najee said on Matt, Pat McAfee, something more similar to Alabama that might cater to Tua Tagovailoa's skill set a whole hell of a lot better than what Gailey was putting out there. I'm with Richmond on this one, bro. I think it's brilliant. I think the more comfortable you can make your young gunslinger, the better off you're going to be. And the learning curve is lessened to some degree because there's familiarity in the concepts and within the scheme. You know, I think the biggest thing that most people probably not taking into consideration, but I think Richmond touched on this is the fact that I think we're going to be a team that we're going to use our weapons, the offensive weapons at wide receiver to put pressure on the defense to help the offensive line open up run lanes. It's going to be extremely hard for teams to go out there and pack seven into the box or eight into the box against a run with us when you got Will Fuller, you got a Waddle, you got a Devontae Parker and a Mike Gesicki. That's hard. It's really it's extremely hard. I've sat up many nights trying to figure out how I would go about trying to scheme against this team, and it's going to be damn near impossible, bro. So the fact that they went to – bringing something in or actually revisiting something that's extremely familiar with him, I think it's brilliant, right? You put the kid in the best best position to excel. You um, lessen the learning curve for him to some degree. And to the same token, like Richmond said, the route tree never changes, right? It's just the terminology associated with the play calls you're making. So the more they commit to that, which they're all professionals now, so you expect them to be able to pick up on it quick. 
it's going to be real bland at first, but you can add on to it as you go. But the best thing you want to be able to do is start as fast as possible. And I think that's what Godsey and Sussville are trying to establish so that all the guys can be on the same learning curve together and they can all grow together because that's where you're going to see the best of your offensive efficiency. All of them learning together, all of them understanding how all of the pieces work at the same time. And that's how you establish for me. That's how you establish your offensive identity too. So yeah, I, I mean, think, think of 11 man personnel with Kaseki and Jaskin out there. And instead of Parker with Fuller and Waddle, Fuller you had Robert Waddle. Wilson. How do you, how do you defend that? You know what I mean? It's, you 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 pretty much uh, that offense pretty much puts any defense in a bind. You really it's conflict, right? What you, it's nothing yeah, but conflict. Typically, typically, what you're doing then at that point is you're forcing that team to have to play zone against you because you got man on man to man matchups that any of those guys can beat one on one coverage by themselves. And if you go to doubling, say you double Fuller, now you got a one on one with Waddle, you got a one on one with Albert Wilson, and you got a one on one with the tight end. There's problems everywhere. Most teams are going to have to zone against us. And even then, the level of speed that these guys and their smartness, because, you know, we'll that's find one the thing soft that, areas really quick. Yes, man. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? And I think we got one of the best quarterbacks at throwing the slant, throwing the dig, you know what I mean? Throwing the, the quick out, the quick in routes, all that type of stuff to sit down in the soft areas of the DNB. And these guys' ability after the catch to get ghost and get vertical, bro, is just going to cause nightmares. Like, it's, it's almost it's almost to the point where right, when you really think about it in terms of what they've done in terms of bringing in the weaponry that they did, and conceptually, it's definitely impossible for them to screw this up. They just really have to just go out there and just commit to just going out there and just destroying people, bro. Dude, you hit them with, you hit them with some flood concepts, mesh concepts. Some daggers. daggers. You, you hit him oh with some God, smashes. Bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> on a smash, if I send Fuller on a hitch and then I have Waddle coming out of the slot on a post, who oh. do you who do you take? The guy coming out of the break on the post is super fast, but the guy who's running the hitch is just is almost just as fast. And once I get the ball in his hands, he can do something with it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. as long as it's... they space it out, like you know, levels concepts are gonna be very, very dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff you can do with it, with this, with the speed. That's why I think Albert Wilson needs to make this team. Uh, I really, I watch, really bro. do think. Yeah. 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 So, um, guys, uh, let's get some final thoughts on, uh, today's show and everything you guys have been hearing. Um, Richmond, let's start with you. Final thoughts. <clears throat> yeah. Just happy to be back at it. Uh, you know, love talking about the dolphins, this and that, um, um, it just when I hear this negative stuff, it just makes me want the season to start sooner. So I'm, I'm anticipating it. Uh, I love hearing stuff about, you know, as a team, we got 70 guys participating in the offseason workout. So that means that the majority of the team is buying into it. You know, they're buying into the concept. They know what's important. They know what's ahead of them. And then we keep adding players, you know, um, that's that's surrounding to a bit. That's gonna make this just as good an offensive unit as we are on defense. And you know, uh, like I say, I think Chris Greer and Coach Flores did a great job this off season and in the draft. So I'm just looking forward to when we put the pads on. So um, let's just keep it going. I'm I'm good. Uh, ball game. Any final yeah. thoughts for you, bro? 
Yeah, man, I um, I agree with what Richmond just said in regards to wanting the season to start, but I'm going to temper that a little bit just because I want them to drag this thing out and have as much time as possible to take advantage of every opportunity that these guys can get together to get all this terminology and get all their continuity down and get comfortable with the guy next to them, understand each other's mannerisms, understand how they want to set up their blocks together, all this type of stuff. Every, every, every opportunity that they get to get some time where they can walk through things together and conceptually see it together is all going to be that much more beneficial for us in the long run. So I'm, I'm, I'm as anxious as he is for them to get the pads on and get this season going, but I also want to make sure that they get a chance to take advantage of all this time they're going to have. Yeah. Other than that, um, the time is going to come here real short for those of you out there listening <laughs> that were tour haters. I'm telling y'all, this kid, this kid, is going to have one of the biggest cheerleaders on the planet out there calling all y'all to up front and letting y'all know. Yeah, I, I remember what you said. We here now. You know what I mean? Just know. Ball game, ball game kept the notes. So, <laughs> but uh, aside from that, man, it's always a pleasure being here with you guys, man, and being able to do this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and eat some crabs with the family. But, um, yeah, I'm good, man. Yeah, look forward to um, doing it again next week. All right, guys, we will see you right back here next week at the finish line. Until then, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed.